Mark, I'll give you a cue here. MMM Agency 100 Studio Sessions. Propeller. Okay, we're rolling. Hi, this is Mark Iskowitz. I'm editor-at-large for MMM, and I'm super excited for you to plug into this episode of A100 Studio Sessions, a new podcast series which gives members of the MMM Agency 100 list an opportunity to riff on what sets them apart. In this episode, we're focusing on the agency propeller, a well-regarded digital agency, and its approach to digital innovation. I'm delighted to be joined by Charlie Flax, founder and president. In addition to Propeller's digital strategy, we're going to be talking about its integration with an Omnicom Health Group, now that we're at more than a year post-acquisition, and perhaps whether Charlie's musical tastes have shifted during that time. Charlie, welcome to MMM Studio Sessions. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be part of this. Absolutely. It's great to have you in studio. So let's just start out talking about uh, your heritage a little bit. You know, Propeller was built on uh, being a digitally native agency uh, and digitally progressive. What does strategy and digital innovation look like today at your shop? The fact that we were founded on digital and, and that's part of our heritage. When we were founded on digital, digital was an add-on. Digital was, you know, marketing and digital. And now digital is the essence of marketing, especially in healthcare, especially in HCP, where we tend to do a lot of our focus. Digital is as much part of the ecosystem as any other modality. So digital has not only evolved at Propeller and our approach to it, our strategic approach has not only evolved, but the importance of digital in the overall marketing mix um, has just continued to grow and grow and grow because truly there is no separation anymore from marketing and digital marketing. Digital is marketing. So how have we evolved, right? How have we changed our approach to that? So when you think about the idea of strategy, strategy was another one of those things that was there's brand strategy, there's content strategy, and then there is digital strategy. And I really believe those days are over. Um, Our client, our client's client, meaning their customer they don't experience things in silos. They don't say, oh, this is my digital experience. This is my traditional experience. This is, no, they experience, they're human beings and they experience everything in real time. So what we've done is we've evolved our approach to strategy to be about what we call experience strategy. And it encompasses everything from content strategy to brand strategy to digital or channel strategy. And it's, it's one approach. It's an approach that is honestly something we say all the time is extremely people centric. It's keeping the customer at the center and not keeping the modality or what you want to achieve selfishly, what you want to achieve. No, it's the customers at the center. It's a people first approach. And that, that people first approach is part of our internal culture and it's a huge part of our external culture in how we communicate with our clients, customers or HCPs and patients. In other words, that's what you have in mind, you know, when, when you approach work, it's kind of like a rallying point. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to make it not with any of this stuff. When you're marketing, you're communicating to human beings. It has to be about their point of view, their experience. And when we segment these different types of strategy, it becomes a little bit narcissistic. It's about like, well, I'm focused on the brand or I'm focused on content or I'm focused on digital and channel. 
but ultimately they all ladder up. It's one big closed loop focused on the experience of the customer. Mm-hmm. Right. And we saw that, uh, you know, UX work, uh, account for about four or 5% of billings last year in the A100 overall. Um, but, uh, you know, digital work on both the HCP and consumer sides, once again, was, was the number one and two line share mm-hmm. of, of, the, of the revenue last year. We looked at where the revenue is coming from. So I think, uh, the agency really fell back on its digital, uh, bona fides last year. And, uh, you know, agencies like yours that have that, you know, digital heritage, you know, that that's where the agencies that, that didn't start off that way are kind of catching up in that, in that regard or trying to anyway. Yeah. I mean, again, because we're no longer in a world where, and and again, it it goes back to this idea that you're not keeping the customer focused if you're thinking about the channel or the modality. The reality is we consume both, you know, not even just talking about from a marketing standpoint or a healthcare marketing standpoint. We as consumers consume almost all of our content digitally. So if, if there'd be a real discrepancy in how we treat our customer or a client's customer and how we actually consume content. If we tried to say, oh, well, guess what? They, they, they like everything in paper. No, they're human beings. There are elements that maybe are still they, where they still leverage traditional modalities, but the realities are human beings. We are fully in an integrated digital world. And so it, it makes perfect sense that that's where, that's where the spend is. That's where the mm-hmm. content's being created. Right. Good, good point. Uh, let's talk about your approach to innovation in healthcare. Obviously, you're working in a highly regulated industry with very conservatively uh, oriented clients. But, but uh, you know, being a digital agency, part of the, your job is to safely escort them, if you will, shepherd the brands uh, into the in- innovation area. We'll talk about your approach there, if you, if you will. We're entering the summer. And then after the summer becomes everyone's favorite time of year in healthcare marketing, which is business planning season, right? And in business planning season, it's you're all about, yes, you have, you have your tactics, you have your strategic imperatives, but everyone wants to see what's the coolest thing. What's the most, you know, like the, the newest tech. We start hearing more than we even want to the words AI and metaverse and web three. And we hear all that cool stuff. Right. And, and that is really, really important, but none of it matters if it doesn't drive business. None of it matters if it isn't actionable and achievable. And while our, you know, our marketers love to hear the big ideas. We love to present the big ideas, right? As, as an industry, at the end of the day, we have to stay focused on driving the business, driving the commercial initiatives, the strategic imperatives. That is our job. So how do we contribute to that at Propeller? Well, what one major way of contributing is we bring innovation that's actionable, innovation that is new, it is fresh, but it's doable and it's achievable. And that um, has been, that's been our mantra for years, but it, starting 2023, that's actually what, that's the direction we gave to the whole organization, which was, hey, we're about taking the newest, the coolest, because we are in another digital re- revolution. We are, we're, we're, we're out of that web two, we're entering the new world, but um, we're in a digital revolution, but we, but to make it meaningful and actionable is huge, right? Like we saw even a couple of years ago, let's just say use metaverse was another one that people were starting to play with that. But what we saw was there were some cool um, manifestations of it, but did they drive the business? Did they resonate with the customer? Probably not yet mm-hmm. where we are seeing a meaningful and actionable leap is uh, certain executions of AI. Mm-hmm. The baby steps of AI are 
becoming meaningful and actionable and the executions are resonating with the customers. Right. Okay. Yeah. AI is definitely, you know, taking uh, its, uh, its rightful place in the legion of uh, lingo uh, yes. in, in our, in our interviews. Um, but, but you're saying you're seeing uh, some real actionable uh, examples of that um, and on the market, on the marketing side. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you elaborate on that a tad more? Right now we're in a place with AI where um, the fun and exciting stuff that when we, just as consumers or just regular people go and play, there's some fun stuff you can do with like generative AI, right? And we play with that. From a regulatory perspective and just realistic perspective, some of that generative AI we're not ready for in healthcare marketing space. But there are then other forms where we can leverage AI to give like the next best answer, uh, the next best message. And that's where we're seeing some of the AI be really be tangible and actionable in the healthcare space. And we're mm-hmm. currently doing that with a really cool project using an interesting bit of tech, uh, StoryFile. And we've created with our client, it's an HCP to HCP website where we had a KOL give 500 different answers. And um, while we recorded the audio, a digital human is going to be the one who's actually delivering those answers on that website. Mm-hmm. And those 500 different answers are going to be based on the question either written or spoken by the HCP visiting the website. And those answers, though, are going to be fed and delivered based off of AI. Mm-hmm. And that's a really cool, almost like a baby step approach to leveraging AI in a healthcare space. And that's that's something we're super, super excited about. Sure. And this is also part of your approach to innovation, but you had legal really... Most likely involved every step of the way on that, right? A hundred percent. That's actually a great point. I, I, I think in order to make any sort of new tech or innovation actionable, you have to bring all the partners in, right? You as an agency have, we have big eyes and a big appetite for this stuff. And the, the, the marketers do as well. Um, but making sure that you bring the entire ecosystem of healthcare marketing, which includes, you know, medical, legal, and regulatory on that journey uh, is huge. And it's the only way it's going to go from that idea on that piece of paper um, to actual reality and, and hopefully then being delivered to the customer and, and having a meaningful impact. And as I'm sure listeners are, are always very sort of impressed when they hear these innovation examples being deployed in the industry because it's like they know what it takes having legal involved and like, you know, assuaging all the concerns, answering all the questions. It's, it's, it's not easy, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's doing your job. You, you want to deliver something cool. You want to deliver innovation. But again, not not at the sacrifice of the business. That's not the point, right? You don't want to put anyone at risk. You don't want to put patients, HCPs, the the brands at risk. That's not the point. Um, But if you can do it in a way that you know is going to have a commercial impact and is going to keep everyone safe and happy, that's... that's, And you're meeting your client's customer where where they are because they're using those technologies in their everyday lives anyway. Well, yes. And that's where historically, even, even in the past, even in the, you know whatever was innovation six, seven years ago, one of the the issues was that we tried to, like the technology wasn't there, meaning they, let's just go something like AR, right? AR and VR, like the goggle technology wasn't there, yet we, propeller included, wanted everyone to have a VR experience. And it just, Mm -hmm. it just, the tech wasn't there. So that was an example. And we've learned our lessons where, 
we didn't necessarily meet the customer where they were. We, we, we asked for them to do too much. And what's exciting about this, you know, actionable innovation is we're taking into account what tech do they have? What habits do they already do? And we're going to meet them there with the technology or meet them there with the innovation. That's a huge part of having a successful um, kind of tech or innovation enabled uh, commercial opportunity. Sure, sure. Let's talk about culture a little bit, switching gears here, um, you know, being an innovative uh, agency. Talk about how you sort of prime your, your staffers uh, and, and your clients on, you know, increasing their appetite for innovation, um, as well as how you make this part of your culture and to, to not make innovation a scary thing, but quite the opposite. Yeah. So I, I think that the last thing you said is, is a huge point. It can't be scary, right? You know, everyone likes to say, hey, we have a culture of innovation or you should feel free to innovate. But, you know, a new idea coming from me or even a new idea coming from our head of strategy, our head of innovation, that's important. But at the end of the day, each individual working on a business needs to feed that innovation. So the first step to make them comfortable feeding that innovation is to make it feel safe. Innovation has to feel safe. No idea is a bad idea right? No leap is a bad leap. Again, whether it gets executed on or actually it's delivered to the client, you know, we'll see, but you have to feel safe. And a way people can feel safe is they have to be part of that journey. So what we've done from a strategy and innovation, that's actually a new team at, at Propeller, is it's we have our experience strategy, but our strategy innovation, which is tasked with actually bringing innovation and how you would execute on it to the teams, but it's not one-way communication. It's two-way. So not only do we bring the interesting new tech to the teams, and I mean like our writing teams, our design teams, our dev teams, our strategy teams, but we also do intake meetings where we then have our strategy and innovation team meet with the leads, meet with anyone working on the business and understand, okay, what do you want to see? What tools can we create to make, you know, your client more open and you know, receptive to an innovation idea. And it starts there because as I said before, with the experience strategy, it's about keeping the customer at the center. And even internally, when you have a people first culture for the innovation strategy team, the everyday employee is that customer. Because if we're not feeding them with the ideas they want to hear or the tools they need they're never going to carry the innovation through. Mm -hmm. And then that same thing goes for our end, our end customer, our client and their customer. We need to continue to educate them. We need to continue to illustrate not just what the idea is, but how it can be done, how it can be executed. And then also, as the point you brought up before, while including the other stakeholders in the process, you know, showing them that, hey, this can be done because if we bring, you know, medical, legal, and regulatory on the journey with us, something, this will get made. Great things will happen. Right, right. We'll be on that awards podium, you know, in October. <laughs> yes, if that's, if, that's, if that's their motivation, yeah, we'll be on the awards podium. Share will go up. Uh, pa you know, patients will be better. All those things. Rx will be lifted. Exactly. Yes. Um, if HCPs will be, you know, more empathetic to what their patients are going through and be more open to, you know, trying a product, yeah. for instance. Um, you know, 
that's at the end of the day, like you say, you know, the, the innovation is pushing forward in science. It's not stopping, even though there was a biotech downturn and everything last year. Um, and these complex, sophisticated, you know, gene therapies, cell and gene therapies or monoclonal antibodies need to be gracefully, you know, effectively communicated yeah. to different stakeholders. That's not going to stop. And that's where you, you all know that in, that's you know. not, that's not changing. And, yeah. and what, what's important is when we talk about innovation from, again, digital communication perspective and a marketing perspective, um, we need to make sure that what we're driving to is, hey, we're using this innovation to better communicate this incredible advancement in therapy, right? We're not doing it to make people like excited about the technology. That's not, look, do we all have that in us a little bit being like, we want to have the coolest thing at the convention? Of course. But ultimately, if you, if you use, if your North Star is that, we're going to use this technology and it will better drive our commercial outcome. It will better serve the patients and the HCPs we're communicating to. Then you're fine. Then mm. you're fine because that's making it actionable. That's making it relevant and that's making it meaningful, which is, right. which is critical. And that, that's an interesting twist on the people first strategy. You know, your that's your approach to, to running the business is keeping that, that, that end user in mind at all times. Right. That's, that's the people first strategy. The people first. Yeah. It's the, and it's, it's the end user when you're talking about innovation. It's the end user when you're talking about your, our client's customer. It's the end user when you're talking about everyday work, you know, like, like everyone has experiences. So yes, we talk about experience strategy when we're talking about an HCP or a patient, when we're talking about a client, also an employee. It's, it's all an experience. You know, when you turn on your computer, when you look at your phone, when you go through the process, every part of your day is an experience. As a human, as an employee, as again uh, a caregiver, right. you, you can't forget that. And that that mentality of just thinking about each individual person's experience is a people first approach. Mm-hmm. Again, it can be applied to anything. It doesn't have to just stick with a client. Right. Yeah, I've read an article recently: the rise of the corporate customer experience manager. Right. Corporations are hiring their own yeah. for their internal, you know, uh, staff. That's a great point. I mean, it just uh, you say that because it, it, it's huge. Like I would say, as we went through COVID and we, you know, again coming out of it and and all that stuff, the number one bit of positive feedback that we've gotten is about our onboarding process and how wow, you know, it's really good to see that even though we're remote, we get our swag. We, mm-hmm. you know, know very clearly on day one who we're meeting with. We very clearly understand how much time we're going to have for onboarding on a disease state or a brand that all that is, is just empathizing with the employee experience, which is no different than empathizing with the customer experience. Yeah. Treating them like a customer. Yeah. Great. Uh, Let's just finish up asking you um, about how the experience has been in terms of the integration with uh, Omnicom Health Group, which uh, you joined in February, 2023. Uh, What's the experience been like? You know, what are you excited for next? Yeah. I mean, the the experience has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, You know, I'll be very frank. It's a big change for someone like me. You know, I started the company 17 and a half years ago, 16 of them solely independent. But it, it's overwhelmingly been positive. Um, you know, being part of a holding company is different. There's certain certain um, you know financial things that hey, I wasn't used to doing. I didn't understand. But again, it's all part of my <laughs> further education, which I think is 
been great. And then there's other things that I just didn't even know we didn't have. Right. So I'll just give you an example, like furthering our education, uh, learning and development, um, always trying to be a better version of ourselves. If we wanted to do that before at the old propeller, um, that was like someone going, Hey, you know, you mind if I run a you know, $30 charge for this LinkedIn course, right? <laughs> and now we have all these amazing assets at our fingertips, which again, goes back to the people first culture, because it's saying, hey, we recognize that you're an employee and you're here for the betterment of the company, but we also recognize that we have an obligation to you to ensure that you're continuing to evolve who you are as, as, as a professional, that you're continuing to get, you know, again, thirst quenched when it comes to your, your education. And that was something I always encouraged, but didn't necessarily have the resources. Mm -hmm. And with being part of Omnicom, specifically a company that has invested so much in Omnicom University and all its educational programs, um, that is a huge thing that I'm seeing positive. And then the other thing, again, not knowing what I didn't have is we always put an emphasis uh, on data at Propeller and um, using data to inform our decisions. Obviously, we're, we're digitally native, but not knowing what it's like to have the world's largest and most comprehensive healthcare data platform, um, yeah, I was definitely missing something for, for years. <laughs> right. And where we're at right now is really um, at, at Propeller is we, we have it, we love it, we see what's there. We're at that stage now of um, integrating it into our experience strategy. So saying, okay, not only do we have this data, but now how do we take it and propellerify it, right? Which, mm -hmm. what does that mean? That means making it usable and actionable, digestible, and really having a commercial benefit to our customers. Yeah. I mean, you've spent 16 years, as you said, outside of a holding company. It's got to be fun to look around and say, wow, look at all the resources I have now. Uh, but I remember back in 2016, 17, talking about that customer data file uh, when that was kind of in the works. Yeah. So that that's come to fruition. Yeah. Oh, it's very much come to fruition. It's incredible. It's an incredible resource. There's an incredible team behind it. But um, where we think we can add that propeller value is saying, okay, we have this. Now let's, how do you make it real and integrate it in every single thing you do, right? It's a great resource. People pull it for pitches. People pull it to give client, you know, when client requests specific information, but how do we now make it part of that actionable innovation and part of every element of our working culture? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's kind of one of our big tasks, one of our big, you know, self-appointed asks for 2023. And on the back end too, if it helps you know what your customers, customers are doing, then you can measure the effectiveness of changes in behavior after a campaign goes out in the wild. That kind of hundred percent. And I think the next, again, like I'm always thinking about what's, what's next when it comes to this. And then the next phase is changing that shift though, where we don't just look at the effectiveness of something we did but we use all of this to inform what we're going to do. That's yeah. the next phase because yeah. Yeah, yes, we will always need to measure. You should always be measuring. You should always have metrics against effectiveness, especially when you want to spend the client's money appropriately. But if we can get a head start on that and inform our decision-making with that data, well, then we're a step ahead because that when we measure that effectiveness, it should be infinitely better than it would have been if we didn't start with infor informed by data. Right. Absolutely. All right. Now the, the 
bit that everybody's been waiting for. Um, this being the A100 Studio Sessions. Charlie, what's the last song you listened to? Uh, well, the favorite, my favorite part of my day is driving my seven-year-old daughter to school every morning. And I have to say, uh, this morning, the last song that I listened to was Juice by Lizzo. And right. while it might not be totally appropriate, we, you know, I, I download the clean version. It wasn't Juice Box. It's it's not. It's okay. definitely not Juice Box. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm not familiar with that one, but uh, uh, you know, I'll have to check it out after this podcast. All right. To that end, also as as you progress in the mission and uh, in the people first strategy and making people feel comfortable with innovation, hope we can do this again. I would love to. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Absolutely. My pleasure. Okay. That was a great conversation. Come back for another one. This has been Mark Yaskowitz for Charlie Flax. We'll see you next time on MM&M Studio Sessions. Mm-hmm.